Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. So we told you yesterday about this report. Uh, we just shake our head in wonder, but we shouldn't be surprised, should we? Uh, the report that South Africa is the leading country in crime in Southern Africa and uh, just, uh, yeah, number seven globally. Chad Thomas is the CEO of IRS Forensic Investigation. Chad, a very good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Morning, Howard. Well, and you? I'm well. I would imagine this report did not come as a terrible shock to you. It didn't. Um, the, the fact is it's just a, a constant reminder every time we see an international study of just how bad things have got in respect of organized crime. And I always say that the reason we see organized crime flourish in South Africa is because we have a disorganized police force. And that's not to knock the actual police officers. It's when one looks at how the budget is allocated. There's more than enough funds allocated to the police, but the funds are disproportionately allocated. You take, for example, VIP protection and security services that get more money than the DPCI, the Hawks. And the DPCI stands for Directorate mm. for Priority Crime Investigation. So it's always very concerning when one looks at the greater factors that have led to the situation. So the, that's interesting because it's, so it's saying that what you're saying is that there is funding, it's just not used correctly, and I would imagine that we still haven't gotten over the hollowing out of our various law enforcement arms. Definitely not. Um, if you look at the Hawks, they get um, just over 2% of the police budget. The police budget is one of the biggest budgets in the country. It sits at around 100 billion rand. Um, so to understand the Hawks functioning, they're functioning at 50%, half the capacity, with 2 billion rand. They would need double capacitate um, um, 100%. So we're talking 4 billion rand. Mm. Conversely, when one looks at a unit like the investigating directorate, which is going to be our Scorpions 2.0, when they were initially established, they were given just over 100 million rand. Um, that is, a, that is a, 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 a minute figure compared to the amount of money they would need to effectively fight crime. That figure has subsequently been increased to 350 million and we think once the bill is passed to amend the NPA Act, they may get more money. But we're seeing that these units are being squeezed. They don't have capacity. They don't have infrastructure. They do have members that want to work. They do have the necessary legislation. But the funding that should be directed to them is going elsewhere. One just has to look at the Shufi's um, provincial project. We call it a vanity project where he spent half a billion rand on security wardens that don't really have the power or knowledge to investigate crime, let alone to prevent crime from happening. You look at Becky Cherry who wants to put 10,000 more boots on the ground. That's all fair and well to try to prevent um, contact crimes from taking place. And it's all great if they arrest people. But who's going to investigate those people if we have a skills deficit and we haven't filled the vacant detector posts? And who's going to prosecute those individuals if we don't have enough prosecutors, courtrooms, court days and presiding officers? The the fact is that this is really all about organized crime, isn't it? It is, because organized crime has taken hold in South Africa. You hear about the cartels, be it the um, construction mafia, be it the taxi mafia, 
all these different mafias have established themselves, and a lot of them under the guise of so-called business forums. So if, a, if an organization receives a tender to build something in a specific area, they will be approached by these so-called business forums, and they'll be held hostage. They'll be told you have to make use of locals, you have to make use of our suppliers, and you have to pay us a percentage of the tender value. Now, this isn't unlike what we saw in New York in the late 70s, early 80s, where construction was held to ransom by the mafia. They controlled all mm, the mm. cement providers, they controlled the unions, and they determined whether or not a project would succeed. You had to somehow involve the mafia in order for your project to be able to go forward and succeed. And we've seen it in South Africa, uh, and we've seen it in, in terms of almost every single industry. Are there in industries that are worse than others? You know, if if I had to ask you to, to, to look across the various um, segments of our, I don't know, economy or infrastructure, w w w w what is the um, most uh, difficult one or the, or the one that is most prone to these uh, syndicates? It would be a toss-up between the taxi industry and the, the long-distance haulage industry, uh, logistics and transport. You see that a lot of railways are, be are being sabotaged, not just because of the value of the scrap metal, but also because it will keep trucks on the road. Oh, wow. And then you see that the trucks that are on the road are being controlled by certain groups who want their drivers to be appointed to those particular companies. That's why every couple of months we'll see a major barricade on a major arterial, be it at Verenens, be it Bloemfontein. You'll see buses being burnt, you'll see trucks being mm, burnt. Mm. Um, and we never quite taxis. understood that because it didn't really make sense, but uh, the way you're explaining it, now it certainly does. So massive, massive organized crime within the, with the long-distance haulage industry. We've always known about the corruption and the mafias that operate within the taxi mm. space. We've seen it more and more in the construction space as well. And it seems to be coming more of a norm. People are now budgeting to have to pay people to allow projects to proceed. Which is just a, I mean, that is just a complete absurdity. So people are budgeting budgeting for corruption because that's really what I'm yeah. going to have to pay as so-called commissions in order to facilitate the project. Yes, they're working, they're working in line items for so-called business forums who will come and tell you who you need to use from the community, what suppliers you need to use. And most of the time, these guys won't even pitch for work, but they're on the payroll. It's, it's, it's just the most, the most distressing thing. Are we, are we moving in the right direction at least? Give me something. The current Operation Chanel that's been undertaken by SAPS has had a good couple of results in the last few months, especially against kidnapping syndicates, cash and transit syndicates, and murder for hire syndicates. Um, also what's, what's very, very, um, helpful and, and hopeful is the fact that the police are now communicating a lot more with the media and with the public at large to communicate their successes and to discuss these different projects. They seem to be recapacitating crime intelligence because a lot of these projects that we've seen over the last couple of months, these successes have been intelligence-led or intelligence-driven type investigations. So we can turn the tide. It's going to be very, very difficult 
We need the political willpower, we need the buy-in, we need the funding, and of course we need the input from the private sector, which we're seeing a lot of, especially with the illicit mining, which is another mafia. We've seen with the Zamazama security mm, companies mm. teaming up with SAPs and assisting in those raids. Absolutely frightening. And, uh, of course, only Nigeria and I think it's the DRC, really, who are ahead of us uh, in, uh, in, in Africa. Uh, we're sitting at number seven. And uh, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully, just by at least having these conversations, by making people aware of it and by de- dealing with it, we can improve, even if it is slowly. Chad Thomas, thank you, as always, for bringing us the real perspective and information on these difficult subjects.